Race matters. 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 I'd like to acknowledge that we are broadcasting on unceded Gadigal land right now. This land has been in the hands of generations of Gadigal custodians for thousands of years before us, and it will continue to be in their hands long, long after us. It's a meeting place for sharing knowledge, uh, for sharing stories and sharing song, and we are privileged to do the same today and every day uh, to be a part of that storytelling here at FBI Radio. And I pay my respects to Gadigal uh, elders past and present. We're broadcasting live live from Redfern right now. It's the birthplace of black theatre in this country and a site for resistance and resilience for First Nations people. Welcome to Race Matters. Uh, this is a show hosted by people of colour, speaking with people of colour about the ways we understand and value our racial identities. I'm Darren Lasagas. And I'm Sada Khan. It has been a huge week, really, with the Black Lives Matter protests in the United States becoming a kind of catalyst for change and recognition of police brutality on our soil here against First Nations peoples. And with protests being held across the country from Perth over to Cairns, down to Melbourne, coming out, there's been a whole lot of drive and energy that's been generated. It's been a really long time coming. I mean, Black, Indigenous and people of colour have been demanding this forever. So where to from here? How do we practice self-care, post-protest? What measures do we need to put into place to ensure we harness this energy for continuity? We're going to cover some of these things as best as we can to um, help understand how to keep up the fight against racism. So we've made some steps, but obviously there's a hell of a long way to go. You attended the Stop Black Deaths in Custody vigil on Saturday. Now that that's passed, you've made your donations. Uh, what's next? Conserving your energy, being resilient, uh, keeping up the fight in anti-racism is going to be different depending on who you are. It's not going to be the same for First Nations, for black, for non-black people of colour and for white people. For non-black people of colour and white people, um, self-care in this time is imperative uh, to ensure we are able to sustain our energy in the fight for justice. But it's, uh, it's important to do that without centering ourselves. Yeah, and for First Nations people, if you do have elders near you and it is safe to do so during this time, go and sit with them. Slow yourself down right now and be with your old people. It is really important. Like our old people really help us through our healing in such highly emotionally, high, like high emotional times right now and very triggering times too. And our anxieties would be fueled right now. And being with our old people, we all know how much they just kind of calm and ease all of that for us. So if you can't see them right now, ring them. I understand as well, unfortunately, for many of our communities, though, you may not have many elders around you. It's a very sad, unfortunately, unfortunate reality for many of us that um, because our life expectancy is significantly lower than non-Indigenous people, a lot of us, unfortunately, don't have elders near and dear around us. Um, but if you do, go and sit outside their window for a bit. 
take a coffee and sit there and just kind of sit, just yarn with them. We all know how much and how relaxing and calming it is to be with our old people. Um, also, I was I didn't get to go to the vigil to the protest on the weekend. I was out on country with my old people actually, and it was an interesting headspace to be in because it was a different it was it was different for me because i really i actually really really needed to be on country i really needed to be back in my community and back with my old people but also i, I am someone that is a, a proactive protester i do i i attend rallies i attend protests it's too, it's in my blood it's, it's what my family have always done and so not being able to be at this one in particular i was very much in this very i was in a struggle struggling space <laughs> of like wanting to be in two places at once and I definitely slowed down a lot on the weekend and being with my old people I needed to be with them right now as well more than ever because like especially for my community as well like you know we, they don't have a lot of time so just to sit with them and share that space with them like it very much kind of initiated so much of my own healing um also because with being with some of my aunties as well you have to have patience with them because they <laughs> do move at a slower pace and so i really was just like whoa i have to kind of bring everything down to a hard zero right now to be with them in their space and it really just for it forces you to do a lot of um a lot of healing um it it, it calms a lot of your anxieties as well being with your elders like it just it's a, it's such a special space to be in if you have it please use it um as you are first nations person but like in saying that also when i got home um i i kind of got really anxious as well because then i started seeing everything about the vigil and that and the, the and the protests and seeing all the numbers and it was great but i was also i was quite sad i wasn't there um, because it's, it's it's the space that I'm always kind of been in, because this is also my community as well. You know, the Black Indigenous community in Sydney is also my community too. So it was a struggle. It was a struggle for me, and this is what is so exhausting about being First Nations and being Black, and you know, in these times, is that we need to heal, we need to be on country, but we also need to fight as well. Like it's a, it's a it's such a struggle for us. It's constant exhaustion. And so if you're feeling any type of way about that, feeling that anxiety, you're very much justified in it. And um, turn to someone in this time to yarn those types of anxieties out and to be, and see how you can compartmentalise and reconnect with um, those people. Like I just sat with my mum today and kind of shared and aired that out and it kind of just like took a big weight off my shoulders. Um, but yeah, it's, it speaks a lot to that kind of, really sad struggle we have as black people where we and indigenous people is that we need to fight we want to fight but we also we need to be with our old people and we need to heal and we need to be on country and we need to stay reconnected to our roots there and that's what i mean you've got to kind of figure out what type of um fight you want to take as well as a as a bipoc as a bipoc person um Sometimes your activism is not going to be on the front lines, you know, and that's okay. You have to be able to recognise that for your own mental health as well. Our mental health challenges are not the same as the rest of the community. And I guess that kind of goes into now for non-black people of colour, eh, Darren, and what they need to be doing during this time. Totally. I feel... That. Yeah, I mean, for me, I mean, for Tanya, who produces the show, uh, for, for our listeners, you may uh, have been engaging in these conversations all your life already, and... 
maybe you may not have been and that's okay too but uh either way uh, you got to take stock of your place in the conversation right now and uh, how you feel about yourself is going to reflect into how you feel about the movement uh and this movement uh draws power from resilience and sarah you being on country i feel like you gained a lot of resilience from that so i feel like i take power from that too uh you you're empowering just by speaking on the radio right now and I, i'm really just want to say grateful uh and you know there's a lot of people uh who are speaking out now and sharing resources especially for in the non-black people of color community uh charlie kilo uh she's filipina she's a co-host of a similar podcast to this um called brown girl feels and you should check it out and uh, she broke it down really well number one uh let black people rest um Mm. stay out of their dms uh don't go to them to process your personal thoughts or give you approval don't center yourself. Um, and that's a tricky one. And by that, I mean, avoid making like grand public statements about your personal journey with this conversation. Mm. I have thoughts about that. Yeah. I mean, you've probably seen it a lot, Sarah. Yeah. Like this movement yeah. isn't about your feelings. It's about black lives. And I saw this amazing, I think it was on Twitter. I saw someone say it pretty clearly and, and in a pithy way that was like, don't force black people to swim through your white tears in their struggle. Great. I yeah. love that. Um, you got to maintain your mental health. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Be honest with yourself, but uh, don't dwell on your guilt or shame because you will feel those feelings, but uh, convert those feelings into action or to learning. This is a really simple one, but it's such an important one. Uh, maintain your physical health. Uh, these conversations take up a lot of mental and emotional capacity. Give yourself the foundation of like rest, like hydration, nourishment, um, especially after something as physical as the vigil on Saturday. Uh, number four, this is probably a pretty important one. Uh, set boundaries uh, with yourself, but don't disengage. Like take breaks from screen time. Um, take time to process information. Uh, most importantly, don't share videos of black lives being stolen or black lives having violence being taken against them because you gain nothing from that, from sharing that, except re-traumatizing black people who see it. So yeah, these are some like foundational steps uh, to take to ensure you direct your energy like thoughtfully and correctly. You are going to make mistakes. Um, you know, I've seen people make mistakes and that's okay. Like be gentle with yourself and try to learn from them. It's a lot of information from a lot of different sources. And a lot of this information affects you, affects different parts of your life in different ways. But uh, beyond this, it's up to you to determine uh, and to reflect on your own privilege and power. Like what is in your control that you are able to influence? Uh, Sab D'Souza, uh, past guest of the show and an artist living on Gadigal land, they shared a resource on this and they included some really important questions that you need to be asking yourself right now if you are a non-black person of color uh, or a white person. And, and here's a couple of them. Is there something I could be doing on top of sharing information from the movement online that could be impactful? What skills do I have and what else can I contribute? Um, another one is, what plans or strategies can I make now so I can continue organizing into the future? When can I set aside time to research and plan this? And another one here is, what are my financial restrictions? What income, if any, can I redistribute across multiple scales? Uh, you're probably well familiar with the scales now, be it individual funds, local communities or families who are impacted or uh, global uh, solidarity movements. And yeah, these are just some questions we need to be asking ourselves in order to ensure, ensure uh, the longevity and continuity of this movement. It needs to be 
integrated in our daily lives um, and it's going to look different for everybody but as the past few weeks of action has shown uh, it's a reality that is completely possible and uh, Sab goes into a lot more depth about these ideas and we'll link you to that resource on our program page fbiradio.com uh, look up race matters and yeah highly recommend you take a few minutes to read it well that was yeah there's so much that was included in that I think one of the main things as well was um, the centering yourself which I would um love to kind of go into at a later date on how to not censor yourself because I see a lot of I statements being made by on black people of colour, white people, particularly mainly, let's just say white people, um, <laughs> centering themselves on their state with statements that they make on their um, Instagram. And it doesn't, like, add anything to the conversation. It adds no value. It has, adds, adds no significance. I mean, like, saying, like, I've been learning a lot. I've been processing this. I've been, like, no one cares about... <laughs> that i don't care about what you're learning right now because we have been living it our whole lives okay what are you going to do productively where are your resources going what conversations are you having what how are you utilizing your profession and your practice to empower this movement forward and take the weight off the show shoulders of black and indigenous people you are listening to Race Matters right now on FBI Radio 94.5. You are Darren Lasagas and Sada Khan. We're going to be back to chat more after there's some Kadajala Kitty Dada. This is Kitty Dada and Women's Song. FBI 94.5. This is Katajala Kitty Dada and Kitty Dada, Women's Song. You are listening to Race Matters right now with Darren Lasagas and Sada Khan uh, joining us over the phone, co-hosting. Uh, we're talking steps, next steps. So you've taken action in the past few weeks uh, for the Black Lives Matter movement. You attended the Stop All Black Deaths in Custody Vigil on Saturday. Now we're talking about burnout because uh, we need to be doing what we're doing today. We've got to be doing it tomorrow and we've got to be doing it forever. Um, for this track, we spoke about stuff on the interpersonal level, like setting boundaries for yourself. Acknowledging what is uh, in your power to control and influence, and that includes what you're able to contribute financially, and uh, it includes incorporating learning from uh, anti-racist resources in your daily life. And uh, look, let's acknowledge it. You can't learn everything right now. Uh, take the time, read multiple sources, and uh, yeah, ultimately the movement draws power from resilience. And uh, check in on your peers and loved ones. Let's hold each other to account. Next week, next month, next year. This is a this is a long game. And uh, we want to pivot now from the interpersonal and look a little bit more 
uh, outward. Uh, Sarah, you may notice as well as me, a lot of corporations, uh, big and small, have been taking a position of support of the Black Lives Matter movement and uh, of Indigenous Lives Matter here locally. Um, what, have, what have you made of those in the past few weeks? I saw the one on that Ben and Jerry did. And oh, yeah. I, um, I can definitely tell you right now, if you're a company that wants to take a stand um, on this movement and contribute your power and your platform to it, then take note from Ben and Jerry's because they did it the exact way you should be doing it. They acknowledge it from the get-go of where all of this started, and it's from colonisation. That's where all of this has started and nothing has been changed since then. Just these systems have been reformed to look nice and pretty. It's pretty much they've just wrapped up a turd and made it look real pretty, but it's nothing. It's still persecution and, in, and injustice and genocide against black and indigenous people's lives. So that was a fan that Ben and Jerry's took. <laughs> <laughs> I was very impressed. Who would have thought Ben and Jerry's? Who would have thought? Who would have thought? That's what a lot of people are saying now. I'm so willing to go and spend way more money for ice cream now because they've made this <laughs> um, But, I mean, at the same time, like, we, we are seeing a lot of surface-level um, contributions, you know, like just like the black tile and something really empty and just a tick of the box. For some companies, and it's it's kind of it's it's a bit deflating, you know, and it it doesn't um, add anything for us because it just makes us then question, okay, but where are you really standing on this? What work are you doing? Like, I don't really like. Are you making yourself look real good aesthetically, you know, in amongst your own circles to see to make it seem like you're doing the whole diversity inclusion thing? Because diversity and inclusion, I saw a really good thing today, and it said diversity and inclusion and inclusion is not going to fix this. Absolutely. And it's the same thing, it's the same kind of conversation that you would have on a personal level and put it on a macro level uh, if you work in a company that is taking a, a position on the Black Lives Matter. What are your action plans? What are your, what are your pledges? Uh, Soju Gang on Instagram made this call out uh, the other day. What is binding other than a public statement of solidarity to your responsibility? Uh, start the com- com- conversation of how your company's budget can incorporate ongoing financial support to First Nations people. If you're a creative company, uh, if you offer services to those in, in the arts, how much are you willing to offer to support First Nations communities pro bono? Do it for free. If you're in creative programming, uh, how explicit and not only explicit, but in direct collaboration are your conversations about not just diversity, but First Nations representation in your vision. Uh, Tila Reid made a strong statement towards defense lawyers. Uh, Where were you on Saturday? Uh, Your knowledge and practice is significant. How are you tackling your privilege and your whiteness and using your tools to assist in dismantling systemic racism and empowering black and indigenous peoples. And yeah, these are just some examples of how you can start to unwind decades of systemic racism in your professional life. And um, there's a a line that's being shared uh, a lot over the past few days. Yeah, Asara, as you said, the revolution will not be diversity and inclusion meetings. I'm frankly done. (laughs) (laughs) We've been to too many. Waste time. They waste time for the real fight. Um, exactly. And yeah, inequality goes all the way to the top. There have been over 400 Indigenous deaths in custody since 1991. Not one conviction 
uh, it's sometimes hard to draw the connection between what you can do personally and how it directly affects black lives, but the connection is there. Uh, it led you to the vigil on Saturday, and it'll lead us beyond that. Uh, the police system that has allowed these deaths to occur and, and without justice being brought to those who are responsible is becoming clearer and clearer uh, to more people. It was made to fail black lives. Uh, listen to First Nations people. They'll tell you how to fix it. And also, uh, non-black uh, people of color and white people, just because you showed up to the protest doesn't mean you're off the hook, uh, as this episode has pretty much tried to explain to you this whole time. Uh, when First Nations and black people organize, we need to show up again and again, and this is when resilience comes in. Uh, this is not a one-off situation. We're seeing in the states how persistent protests can actually lead to change. In Minneapolis, uh, just earlier today, the city council has just announced uh, intentions uh, to disband the Minneapolis police force. So uh, change is imminent. Yeah, and that's a that's a great thing that's happening, but it's just really important to also remember the many voices that are also forgotten in this fight. A lot of white people are showing up now, but there are many intersections of this fight falling into the blind side. Um, fracking of the Northern Territory by Origin Energy Company, which will poison and kill water resources and sacred land from the NT across the Kimberleys, is currently happening right now. The Seed Indigenous Youth Climate Network is always making that fight every Friday at the front of Origin Energy offices, and they're always asking for people to show up for them and add numbers to that. Adani Coalmine, where were you for that fight? Also, our Indigenous brothers and sisters in America, they're being held at gunpoint at West Suwetan and North Dakota. All the protests that was happening in Hawaii at Mauna Kea and the profound ongoing genocide of West Papuan people by the Indigenous government. This fight is ongoing and exhausting, and you are only just now joining in, and we can already see how much work has happened as soon as white people get involved. So keep lending your voice, your privilege, your bodies to the fight. Karen, call the manager, because things get done when Karen calls the manager. Uh, <laughs> it's so true. So call it in if you are also looking for where your resources can directly help families in need because they've been persecuted by police. GoFundMe pages for the families of Kumanjai Walker, Joyce Clark and David Dungai Jr. will be linked into the bio on our Race Matters Instagram. So keep an eye out for that so you can help support those families that are directly impacted by the persecution of police brutality. That's all for Race Matters this week. Uh, you can listen to us wherever you get your podcasts or at fbiradio.com slash race matters. 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 Race matters.